the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather in virtual worship this Lenten February Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, cantata, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later around the globe. The service includes the sermon recorded this week along with music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your support and responses. Our later Lenten services engage St. Patrick as our 2021 Theological Conversation Partner. We also invite your Lenten attention to the possibilities for ministry and pastoral support available on our website. Our March 14th service will include liturgy and sermon devoted to those lost to COVID in the last year. We await your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead who was handed over to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 22 with the Antiphon. Fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn up, turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And he called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Dateline, Wheeling, West Virginia, February 2021. Sarah Mirvesh, The New York Times. The day had finally arrived. After nearly a year in lockdown for the residents of Good Shepherd Nursing Home, eating meals in their rooms, playing bingo over their television sets, and isolating themselves almost entirely from the outside world, their coronavirus vaccinations were finished, and the hallways were slowly beginning to reawaken. In a first tentative glimpse at what the other side of the pandemic might look like, Betty Lou Leach, 97, arrived to the dining room early, a mask on her face, her hair freshly curled. I'm too excited to eat, she said, sitting at her favorite table once again. West Virginia has emerged as one of the first states to finish giving two doses of vaccines to the thousands of people inside its nursing homes. So Good Shepherd was among the first in the country to begin tiptoeing back to normalcy. The first day back was full of ordinary moments, small talk over coffee, bidding wars at an afternoon auction, a game of dice. But after a year of loss, loneliness, and disruption, the very ordinariness of it all brought joy and relief. Ordinary moments back to normalcy. I'm too excited to eat. After recovering in the nursing home's COVID-19 ward, Ms. Leach was feeling better, she said, and eager to return to some version of normal life, however simple. Just seeing the people here, she said, is enough. On the menu for this first day back were cheeseburgers and potato soup, unveiled with a flourish of silver serving dishes. In the bustle of the day, there were moments of stillness. In the lobby of a stained glass chapel, Frank and Phyllis Ellis savored a quiet reunion. During 69 years of marriage, the Ellis's said, they have never spent so much time apart as during the last year. We saw each other on Facebook, Ms. Ellis said. FaceTime, her husband gently corrected her. 
FaceTime. The Ellis's visits are short and sterile, she in a surgical mask, he in a gown, mask and face guard. He does not even think about kissing her, he said, for fear of putting her at risk. She longs for the comforts of home for her children and grandchildren. He longs for her and even their marital spats. We were always fighting, he said. I really miss that. FaceTime, time apart. Just seeing the people is enough. A finely written newspaper article, sparing, graceful, humorous, real. As demonically and fiercely accosted has been our very humanity month by month this past year. Yet the rhythms of the ordinary, as my friend says, the indicia of normalcy are coming around and circling us in our very need and offering us a lift for living, offering us a lift for living. Jesus meets us today out of the pages in St. Mark, our earliest gospel, and clothed in the radiant beauty of a Bach cantata. Music and scripture themselves, indicia of normalcy. Dr. Jarrett, as you have lovingly and compassionately done for us now over many years, can you help us approach the audition of today's cantata with appreciation of both history and theology, a passion for compassion, and a regard for the church through the ages? Having just recovered from a very busy Christmas season in his second year in Leipzig, Bach once again turned his attentions and planning to the major work to be offered for Holy Week, the second version of his Passion According to St. John. Fortunately for Bach and his stalwart players and singers, the Lenten season offered something of a break and that no concerted music was performed throughout the penitential season, allowing for all preparations to focus on the Holy Week Passion performance. Never one to give anything but his most remarkable best, Bach composed an absolute masterpiece for the final cantata heard before Lent, ensuring a most memorable musical moment good enough to last the 40 days of a wilderness journey and musical austerity. Cantata 127, Herr Jesu Christ war Mensch und Gott, seems designed with a grandeur and scope appropriate for the conclusion of the liturgical season, but also an elegant foretaste and reminder of the annual observance of Christ's passion to come in a few short weeks. All five movements of Cantata 127 are based on Paul Aber's 1582 hymn of the same name, Herr Jesu Christ, Bar Mensch und Gott. Though a funeral hymn, the passion themes of Aber's chorale connect to the Luke gospel of the day in which Jesus predicts his death to the disciples. The petition for mercy also calls to mind the blind man's plea for sight as heard in the gospel lesson. Otherwise, Aber's verses and the subsequent movements of Cantata 127 present Jesus alone as mediator in both our final hour and on judgment day. The opening movement surely ranks as one of the finest of all the chorale-based works Bach ever conceived. Aber's tune is motivically present in nearly every measure of the movement, 
passed around through the instruments and voices, a motto of triumph and affirmation, true man and true God. But from the very first note, the strings outlined the German Agnus Dei, Christe du Lam Gottes, in long tones before passing to other sections. And though not sung, the presence of the Agnus Dei calls the listener both to the blind man's plea for mercy as well as that ultimate image of the Lamb of God lifted high on Calvary's cross. Intermittently, one can even hear, O sacred head now wounded, in the continuo line. Almost as a foil, the dotted rhythms in the foreground of the texture seem to dance over the immense theological connections achieved by the layering of so many chorale motives at one time. Far from ponderous or weighty or didactic, this thrilling opening movement brims with all the confidence of grace so freely given. For the interior of the cantata, Bach calls on a tenor to set the predicament in a restative describing how in our own failings, our depths of grief, our final hour, it is our faith that draws us to Christ's passion and the assurance of his redeeming grace. The soprano and bass take up the cause at this point in two of the most astounding arias in all of the cantata repertoire. In echo with a heart-rending oboe obligato, the soprano brings us without fear to our final hour. The souls of the righteous are in Jesus' hand. In the background, the plaintive oboe and soprano lines weave together, supported by two recorders and continuo, marking an unrelenting and unwavering pulse, an inevitable clock or tick of time. In the middle of the aria, the soprano seems to engage with the tick of the clock. Call me soon, O funeral bells. I am unafraid of dying, for my Jesus shall wake me again. As the soprano sings the word for funeral bells, Sterbeglocken, the sprockets and gears of the clock seem to come to life in a nimble-fingered upper-string pizzicato. The bass draws us one level closer to life in eternity with invocation of the last trumpet and the harrowing day of judgment. As the earth's foundations are shattered and sunk in ruin, Jesus will be our advocate and redeemer. Believers shall survive forever, they shall not be judged and shall not taste eternal death. Cling to Jesus for your salvation. This is astonishing and breathtaking music. The trumpet's presence signals the day of judgment amidst an apocalypse of fiery passagework for the strings. But the words of Jesus tenderly and reassuringly quell the storm, affirming the believer's redemption. Bach surpasses himself with this cantata, and I am so thrilled and so happy to have the chance to revisit our performance from February of 2019 for today's broadcast. As with every interaction with Johann Sebastian Bach, our sights and souls are lifted, our standards reset and renewed, and a sometimes distant vision of what could be finds clarity of purpose and sincerity of intention. Jesus meets us today out of the pages of Holy Writ and clothed in the radiant beauty of a Bach cantata. 
It may be for you this Lord's Day that his appearance in word and music just now brings a lift for living. One spring I met my teacher Lou Martin in the Union Seminary Quadrangle. He handed me a book as a gift, one of John Knox's books on the early church, Knox of the 20th century, not of the 16th. I cherish the gift now 40 years later which became a kind of sign for the future, then altogether unforeseen. I returned this week to Knox on Romans to hear what he did here, here. Like my later teacher, N.T. Wright, Knox took on the hard passages, including this one from Romans 4. I marvel at the beauty and mystery of this section. Romans 4, quote, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. I marvel at the phrase, hope against hope. I marvel at its assertion of a hopeless hope, of hope with no prospect, no rationale, no ready support, yet alive. I marvel that faith is faith, your faith is your faith, when it is what you are left with, even all you are left with. I marvel that faith is reckoned as righteousness, that what stands up in hope against hope is the faith of Abraham. Abraham before circumcision, Abraham the father of multitudes, not just the religious, Abraham the father then of believers everywhere. No one can keep the whole law, and every life includes failure, error, mistake, and misjudgment. And all of us, all of us, stand in need of grace and pardon and forgiveness. I especially marvel at the ordering here of resurrection first and creation second. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Do you notice? For Paul here, resurrection comes first, then creation, not in a temporal but in an existential sense. Resurrection is the grounding of creation, the grounding of the ground of being, the horizon of the horizon. When Paul thinks of God, he writes first of the God who raises the dead and only second of the God who creates. I do marvel at this. Faith relies on humble trust in God's mercy and power as distinguished from reliance on good works. Hope against hope. To continue to have hope, though it seems baseless. And with this welcoming word, Paul can sing and soar later in Romans 5. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Mark 8 sounds so similar. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. 
You recognize that this is the voice of an early preacher whose words Mark has placed in retrospect upon the lips of Jesus. We see Jesus looking back through the cross, as did Mark. We hear Jesus through the din of passion, as did Mark. We know Jesus through the rigor of trying to follow after him, even if we are a long way behind, as did Mark. And as Schweitzer deftly reminded, all, all is shot through with mystery. He comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old, by the lakeside. He came to those men who knew him not. He speaks to us the same word, follow me, and sets us to the tasks which he has to fulfill in our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience who he is. Amen. Please be seated.
Zeit entsetzt und wenn ein kalter Todesschweiß die schon erstarrten Glieder wechselt, wenn meine Zunge nichts als nur durch Seufzer spricht und dieses Herz erbricht, genug, was da der Glaube weiß, dass Jesus bei mir steht. Der mit Geduld zu seinem Leiden geht und diesen schweren Weg auch mich geleitet und mir die Ruhe zubereitet. Thank <laughs> you. 
Die Posaunen schallen und wenn ihr baut ihr Welt mit den Himmelsfesten zerschmettern, wird zerfallen. So denke mein, mein Gott im Besten, wenn sich dein Knecht einst vor's Gericht stellt, dann die Gedanken sich verklagen, so Lässt du allein, o Jesu, mein Vielsprecher sein und meine Seele fürslich sagen. Für wahr, für wahr, euch sage ich, euch sage ich. Für wahr, euch sage Himmel und Erde im Feuer vergehen. Wenn Himmel und Erde im Feuer vergehen, so soll dann ein gläubiger Ewig verstehen. Er wird nicht kommen ins Gericht und den Tod Hey! 
Creator of the universe, we thank you for everything we can give back into the systems and structures that we exist in, and we pray that our offerings and efforts will continue to have significant positive impact in the lives of our inclusive community of faith, our student communities, and the greater communities that we are a part of. As our ministries continue to embrace the grandeur and mysteries of our existences as beings grounded in you, May we reflect the love of the one whose ministry was a selfless outpouring of love, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.